Welcome to the PWE and Me podcast, a place where we talk about the workplace, how it's changing, and ways that we can create an experience at work that is inspiring, real, and motivates us to bring our best self to work. PWE, what is it? Well, it's an acronym for Purposeful Workplace Experience. I'm on a mission to help our workplaces shift from being transactional to transformational, and PWE is how we will get there. My name is Carolyn Suara, your host and creator of PWE. All right, we've got a special PWE and me edition today um, because I am coming to you with a very good friend of mine, Catherine Harrison, and we are live in her kitchen. Welcome. Welcome, Catherine. Or maybe you should be welcoming me because we are in your kitchen. Welcome to my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we thought it would be fun to do this live because we have had many chats around this kitchen counter, have we not? We have. Kitchen counter, cottage porch. Yes. Backyard. Cars. Cars. Roller roller skating rinks. Well, <laughs> I was actually I was actually going to wear my helmet. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted me for the, the promo shot to actually wear the helmet or oh, not. Gosh, this could be a really long podcast. <laughs> or a yes. really short one. Or a really short one, yeah. Um, I don't think we we're going to tell everyone about the helmet story, but let's just <laughs> leave it that Catherine has had a few concussions in her day and has had to wear a helmet a few times. But and, then, and then has learned how to rock it and have fun there, with it. There you go. It's called taking a, an adverse life event. <laughs> making most of it oh dear um so you know a lot of our conversations that we've had and will continue to have have to do with our work because we both have a passion about helping workplaces be amazing and I know we did have the pleasure of working together for a brief time yeah but um I think probably what brought us together though was the fact that we both have this innate desire innate ability to be with people yeah so, I don't know. Where did you want to go with that? What do you want to share? Well, I mean, we were just talking before we started um, recording this about, I think, to, to take that a bit further, the philosophy of of work being made up of human beings. Yes. Right? And, and so, when we think about, you know, your work uh, in, in the culture space and certainly in the development space and, and now with some of your new... Um, uh, Brene Brown stuff. Yep. Um, that really all has to do with the human element of work. And that's definitely the space that has always motivated me, inspired me, connected with me, engaged me both, you know, in, in my formalized corporate life. It was the human element that I found most interesting. Um, and and certainly now with Purple Voodoo, I mean, that's our primary philosophy is that you cannot separate the human being and the human condition from successful business enterprise. But it, it's happened. Yeah. And it's, um, we're, I think we're really going to, well, we're, we're, we're shifting because it's, I believe more and more leaders are finally recognizing, wow, these are humans and yeah, I, I just I feel like we're at a tipping point. In fact, yeah. we're past the tipping point. I think so too. And and there's some there's some really interesting um, I think conversation points about that. Um, and 
I may be full of it. So I'm not going to quote data here because we're just having a conversation around my kitchen table. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of workers out there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talented workers, a lot of skilled workers. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in work. And um, I think organizations will have to recognize in the future that focusing on not just the engagement, but the well-being of the humans in their organization will in fact be um, a critical success factor for their business. And and it's different. It is, but I would say it's not even the future. It's the now. And I mean, if you think back to our days when we worked together, there was definitely a physical, like, a focus on physical well-being yeah. at the company we worked at, which was great for and a short period of time. Well, yeah, they flirted with it. They flirted I, and, I, and, and I, I personally feel like it was flavor of the month. Good for you. Yeah, we did that for a little while. I don't think it anywhere near seeped into the actual day-to-day culture of the way we worked. I, think I don't when, think so. Yeah, to me, the physical part did, um, but there's so much more to just the to our well-being than our physical well-being right there's our mental our emotional and our spiritual and i don't think that we have made space for that full wholesome perspective in the workplace i do Agreed. see more of it now yeah. maybe it's i'm hanging around with different types of people um but i think that's more of what the world needs yeah. is to recognize the connection between mind and body i mean world mental health day was just yesterday um might be you know, a different day by the time this gets produced. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the fact that there's more recognition about mental health in workplaces um, and not just lip service, there seems to be more activity around it. And yeah. I think there's still lots more to go. But. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I will agree and disagree. I think that there is certainly more um, f- frank policy about mental health and the support of uh, mental health and the whole being, et cetera. And yet my experience and my understanding and working in those spaces is there's still a lot of stigma around, Hey, I'm actually not at an optimal health space mentally or emotionally, et cetera. And I'm going to put my hand up and say, yeah, I'd really like to take advantage of that policy. Most of the people that I know still in organizations, oh my God, I would never do that. I know. Because there is a stigma. Or I've heard if they talk- do it, it, they feel like they're weak or they've done something wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So, I, so, I so definitely right. progress, yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that a policy or even, you know, a lunch and learn or uh, we're going to teach all of our leaders about this actually means that there is a fully integrated acceptance of a whole human being, including that mental, physical, psychological, emotional space. Yep. You know, but it's a great start. Would you say that though? I'd say that that that's a part of our society, not just the workplace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another podcast. Yeah. Well, but go to the next room. (laughs) But don't don't you think though, I mean, to, to, in that vein, don't you think that the workplace is really just a reflection of, yeah, it's a, it's an ecosystem within an ecosystem. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I think, but the, yeah, the discussion around mental health um, has really progressed in the workplace. There's no question. I don't know what comes up for me though, is 
we have to get pretty honest with how we are showing up at work and our own accountability versus expecting leaders or other people to do it for us. True. Um, And and I think there's still a shift there because let's face, I mean, we're a little bit older. Yeah. Some of us are older than others. (laughs) Um, But you know, you kind of learn more the older you get Mm -hmm. uh, and you're able to show up a little bit differently. And when I think of the workplace, we, we need leaders to be, we need more leaders at younger ages. And so how do we get those leaders at younger ages, knowing that they aren't going to have the same time and life experience that a 40 or 50 year old leader would have? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot Interesting. In there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I think when we think about ecosystem within an ecosystem, ideally, um, I, I firmly believe that the stuff that we teach, we all this human stuff that we teach around empathy and around communication, around conversational intelligence and around vulnerability and courage and having those conversations and getting in touch with yourself, all that stuff. If that could, in fact, you know, infiltrate educational institutions oh. where we start teaching children that, so that you're right doesn't matter if you're 25 and you're put into uh, some sort of job that exists that probably doesn't exist now, but will in the future, that you'll have at least some infrastructure, right? Because it'll be there. Right. We don't do that right now. We, we, we still have a very old school, old school schooling system. <laughs> um, and, and then, and, and even in university, I mean, my son's in university right now. And I'm still not sure. I I think that they're flirting with the idea of it, but I still think it's a very rigid, just do what you're told and follow this and focus on this and get out and get a job. And then you get out and you get a job and it's like, listen, buddy, this is the way things really work around here. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of macro institutional stuff that I think can and hopefully will shift. Yeah. Um, But within the organization, I mean, when, what, what makes you, you mentioned the word accountability and it can't all be the leader's responsibility. I totally agree. And one thing that comes up for, for me all the time is, is it more important to focus on empathy or is it more important to focus on driving accountability? And the answer is They're neither both. and both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but there's still a belief that you are either a leader that gets results and holds people accountable and gives people explicitly clear expectations and feedback and manages their performance and drives results. Or you're actually somebody with high emotional intelligence and a great communicator and empathy who does not stigmatize around mental health. And that's not true. So the, I think that, um, that the opportunity is to integrate and recognize, no, no, both human, Exactly. And in fact, there's the, there's the synergy of both of those things. And that's what we need moving forward because we're moving too fast. Uh, I shouldn't say we're moving too fast, but the speed at which with things are changing personally, professionally, new programs, new workflows, we need to treat each other like humans. And so those skills, those are the successful leaders. And if you have a lot of people leaving or turnover in your company, it's, it's, in my experience, it's because there is a missing human connection. Yeah. And yeah, you bring up change. I mean, I don't know what you think, but 
there has to be even a new word or a new phrase. Change management is so 1980s because that was about something big is going to happen. And we're going to help you manage that change until you get to the next calm pond. Yes. But that doesn't happen anymore. And we'll take three months to talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so, and so, and, and most companies, um, most organizations do have agility in there. This is how we want to work around here. And this is how we need to work around here. I'm still not sure that they're actually, first off, teaching people how to truly be agile. Mm. And I don't think that they actually reward people for being agile yet. So it's still an uncomfortable space to acknowledge it's a shit show. Can I say that? On yes, you can. <laughs> or John might bleep me out. <laughs> that it's tough to acknowledge. There are so many things changing. It's changing at a rate that, the, again, as a human being, we haven't evolved that quickly. No. Right? So the way we process information, the way we process uh, emotions, the way we connect and communicate with other human beings, well, we've been this way for millennia. Yeah. Um, and, and even so just just having real conversations with with leaders, because those are the people who actually will invest the time, energy and other resources into at least affording these conversations to happen. Right. And hopefully role modeling and holding people accountable for when they don't play nice in the sandbox or worst case scenario, they actually behave badly and people just talk about it at the water cooler or behind the curtain and all that. That's horrible that they say that. I wish somebody would do something about that, but nobody ever does. And the leaders don't really want to do that other than, well, I will send out a memo and remind people that our culture says X, Y, and Z. Therefore, please be culture. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and the, the, the cool thing is, is it's going to be a journey. So it, it's not it's not a one and done thing, right? Yeah. So you, none of us, none of our peer group, I think, should ever go in and say we're going to do this thing, and then your company will be fixed, and all your people will be happy, and they will all be operating in this new utopian values based behavior system. Well, because it's going to take time, just like any yeah. human behavior change takes time. So I heard uh, I can't remember what thought leader it was. It might have been Cy Wakeman, but maybe it wasn't. Um, Maybe it was her, but they talked <laughs> so about with data yeah. and references. <laughs> they talked about, um, you know, the change models like ADCAR or Bridges transition model. I mean, ones that I fully believe in and I, you know, I think there's a lot of validity to it. And, and the position, again, I don't want to say it was Sai that said this, if it wasn't, yeah. but that's what's coming to mind, um, said those models came out in like the 50s. And things are different, folks. So um, reality is every day something's going to change. And so this notion of of, um, change management is like there's a new word we need. It's sort of like reality, leadership, leading in the moment. um, Roll with it. Be be human. Like, uh, you know. Be a surfer, dude. Yeah. (laughs) there's There's like some Zen thing, which is, you know life is an ocean, learn to surf. Yeah. That's, that's work too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's been really interesting just to see over the past 20 years, how much technology and, and speed has changed and we're trying to keep up. 
But to your point earlier, we can't, we mm-hmm. cannot keep up. And so, well, like we've got to change the way that we're working. We've got to change the way that we're leading so that we don't burn out. Our mental health doesn't suffer. And, and frankly, there's so many great products and ideas that this world needs. We need to, to be better so that yeah. we can get those things out. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that I was just reviewing the other day, um, by Josh Burson, you've seen yes. this stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh, I was and just talking work. about, did you read the leadership development, why it's broken article? No, maybe. Okay. Um, prob- probably it's all similar themes. Yeah. Um, but I will. Thank you. Um, a couple of things that he was referring to in one of his talks, it was something on YouTube. I'll flip you the link. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Um, do you need your helmet? <laughs> yes, I do, actually. I always Josh Burson, you were reading. No, we were talking about um, the pace of change. Oh, I, I was starting to think of digital. You were talking about all these amazing technologies and digital, and it's true. The one thing you said that, that, that resonated with me, because it's something that we talk about with our customers all the time, because we'd like to bring digital solutions. We actually, we, we have a few. We love to bring them to the fore. But the one thing we always say is it's not about this thing. Yeah. This thing is just a thing that helps you connect humans better. Right. So let's focus on the human. Let's focus on the human change, the human dynamics, the human benefit that will be realized as a result of using this little thing in accordance with other little things. Right. But it's not about the thing. And so he was talking about, you know, in the digital space, everyone thinks about the digital, it's the technology, but really it necessitates an even stronger and clearer focus on the human who's using this thing, Mm -hmm. who's, who's looking at this thing in new ways, who's interpreting the data that 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 thing might provide provide in new ways. That's looking at this thing and then saying, Oh, interesting. So what do you think about this, Carolyn? Oh, I didn't see it that way. Cool. And then you might, in fact, even innovate. Yeah. Right? It's the humans making these technological advances, humans using these technological, and then it just becomes about the thing. At the end of it, though, it's all about, well, how do humans use it, integrate it, benefit from it, shelve it? Right. Right? Yeah. And, and the other interesting thing is, of course, we were, we, you know, years and years ago, there's my strong data point for you. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, the four day work week and all of the computers are going to make it. We won't have to work oh, yeah. very much. And, and people work, you know, longer than ever. And yet productivity is stalled. Yeah. What do we actually produce? Nothing. Nothing. I know. Well, productivity. Not nothing. That was a little bit exaggerated, but not as much as we think. We, we never are. exaggerate you and no, I, never. do we? Never. Ever. Never. No. But, you know, Think about that, that we have all these things that are supposed to make our lives easier, faster, more efficient, and be more productive, and yet we're not. So it's not the stuff. It's that we've lost touch with that, you know, what, is it, what does connection. it really mean to be human and all of those quadrants yep. that you talked about? Yeah, it's the, well, it's the connection, and that's why, to me, you know, about when I created PWE, connection was at the forefront. Um because we are wired, our brains are wired to connect, right? We get those endorphins um, and it doesn't mean connecting. You don't have to connect with 50,000 people, even just a connection here and having tea in your kitchen, um, having some great conversation, finding those places to connect um, in your workday. It's so easy to bypass it. 
so, so easy. Um, And, you know, that's something that I share with folks often is find a few like micro moments in the day to connect just a moment. You don't need to have a big, long conversation to just feel that connection and, and get things, get things um, moving. Well, and we can connect it back to the mental health thing. I mean, I, I believe the disconnection is at the root of so many ailments and dis-ease these days. Um, I don't know if you've read any of the Johan Hari stuff on addiction, no. but one of the, one of his books, I think the, the, the subtitle is the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah. Right. We think about in the workplace, I think the opposite of engagement, of disengagement and demotivation is connection, connection to people, connection to ideas, connection to a real mission, um, connection to your own values. Yeah. I mean, leveraging the, again, really old school, the Daniel Pink stuff drive, right? Do I have a, do I feel like I have a say? Do I have a sense of autonomy, mastery and purpose here? Do I feel like I actually do anything of value? You know, do I feel like I'm, good at my job or that I develop in any way, right? Is it, would it matter if I never showed up here again? All those things, that's all connection. Yeah. Right. And, and this is like, we're not, we're not actually creating this stuff. We're just picking it out. All of this stuff exists yeah. and people, I, I think one thing that we can do is to resurface and re-energize some of this amazing work that has been going on for decades and decades yep. and then actually encouraging, inviting, you know, and, and supporting people in operationalizing that stuff in their workplace yep. in a really meaningful human way. Yep. And in a way that makes sense to their business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And getting their people involved with, Hey, like come in, we want to do this thing. How do you think we should do this right. Susie? Instead yep. of just being the leaders you know, figure out we're going to do this thing and then we're going to roll it out. Like, how do you actually do it in a, in a very organic and connected way? What do you think in your experience, what gets in the way? Like what gets in the way of us being human at work? First thing that comes to my mind is what is us being human in us being human period, <laughs> which is ego, which is fear, yeah, which is shame, which is, filter, which is socio-cultural norms, myths. If I do X, Y will happen. I don't want Y to happen. So I won't do X. Right. Or my spidey senses tell me that they say we can speak openly here, but I saw Johnny speak openly and bad things happened to Johnny. So I'm not going to trust that situation. Or I'm not going to rock the boat. I'd need a paycheck. I just just want a paycheck. And you know what? I will. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a, we could be here for a week. I don't really want you to be here, (laughs) but you know, the, um, two things come to mind. One is around, again, ecosystem as part of an ecosystem. I do feel that currently our general westernized slash expanding, um, mindset of, scarcity is biting us in the ass, which is no one ever lives within their means. So, you know, which makes you feel like I have to have this paycheck, even though I'm making plenty of money. Yeah. 
but then I got to make the next because then I want this thing and then I got to make the next and I want this thing. And the, and the, the other thing is, um, where's my helmet? Again? God, do you need the helmet? <laughs> it's five fifty four. This is like a low circadian rhythm. Um, Oh, people going to paycheck. You know what I find really sad? And I've heard this a lot is people who say, I just have X number more years and then I can retire. I know. No, and I, and I know that that's true. And I'm not judging. I, 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 I want to be clear, but I find that heartbreaking. Yeah. I find it heartbreaking, especially because people in our age cohort, middle age, We've all lost people who are a lot younger. We don't know how much time we have. And yet people are literally wishing their lives away because they're so miserable at work. Well, and I find that sad. But that comes back to the scarcity mentality, right? Because if if we can live in abundance, um, you're more, it's easier for you to live in the moment and accept the moment. And, you know, you're going to have shitty times at work. The business is going to go through challenges. And so how can you ride through those in the moment and, okay, yeah, you know what? It's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly layoffs, whatever that messy moment might be. Um, But know that there's some beauty in just that moment itself and and you will come out on the other side. You know, I think even the, you know, when you think about scarcity and abundance in terms of money or things where I've really... I've really changed my um, thinking. I didn't realize how much I had a scarcity mindset. Mm. And here's how it showed up for me. I mean, you know, I worked together. um, And there was a certain way of showing up that you had to be prepared for anything that might come your way. And you'd be able to defend in a moment's notice. Um, right. Um, and, and there was a real scarcity, like there just was never enough. You didn't have enough information. You didn't have enough data to prove your point. And it really, I didn't realize how much it had impacted when I started my own business, I was showing up with a scarcity mindset. And and again, I didn't use those words at the time, but I was ready to prove to a potential client, why me and why (laughs) this? And, and having, you know, worked with so many enlightened people over the past few years um, and also doing the work with Brene Brown's Dare to Lead program really helped me realize that play track that was going on in my head. And man, the world is a much easier, happier, fun place to be even through bad times when you can come from an abundance mindset, which is I'm worthy I'm here right now and I'm enough. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think if more of us, oh, we got pretty deep pretty fast on this. It's my we? kitchen mojo. Yeah, it's, That's yeah, the, way it it's the helmet. It's the way we roll around here. <laughs> but if we can feel that, you know, however we show up in the workplace, it is going to be enough. Yeah. Um, and that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and that's the ecosystem within the ecosystem. Right. Like we were talking earlier about, you know, personal life challenges. And if it, in the midst of some pretty, you know, full on adult life situations, you can say, here are three things I'm grateful for. It sounds so pedantic, but you know what? You can go, wow, this, this, and this, and yay me. Yep. The same mindset you then take into a different ecosystem, which is at work or which is wherever. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that that's a pervasive mindset that even in our quote unquote enlightened and very woke you know, modern way of thinking. I think there's, I think some of that is a bit of a veneer and there, there's still, um, 
a scarcity mindset that needs to be talked about more. So oh, I think, I think yeah. there's a huge Delta though. Yeah. I think that, I think that's why I think there's more people talking about it. And I think maybe more people are on the path there to abundance versus scarcity. Um, I like to think, I like to think that, um, but I do think the Delta is a little bit broader yeah. and now we could easily come back to a topic we were talking about earlier too, before we turn things on at, at how bipartisan things have gotten. Oh. And yeah, so that's a whole other conversation. But again, that disparity between both, like how do we find a more common ground? Yeah. And it's another conversation, but it's still right in the pocket. Because if you look at bipartisan thinking, the the mentality or the mindset is scarcity, which is there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And if I'm not winning, I must be losing. Therefore, you will be the loser, not me. Right. The difference being an abundance mindset, which is room for all of us. Why don't we mutually find a way to understand, collaborate, and innovate all of this stuff? Right. So it's completely different mindset, and it just drives it further and further away. Like, I kind of see them completely yeah, part are. of the same recipe. They almost, are. You know? And, and you know, even... Yeah. Like how do you, how can you check your own thoughts? Um, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We can't be perfect all the time and, and we'll fall back into some old patterns. I'm, this is, this is the irony. And I see this people all the time. I do this for a living and I'm still a complete circus. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. With but, the helmet. With, with the helmet. Well, <laughs> but you know, this, but the interesting thing is, wouldn't it be cool if people were even just willing to go, wow, I can notice when my very human brain that has evolved to, 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 to look for threats, to protect myself, I can notice when that is not serving me well. Yeah. I can just begin to notice. Yeah. And if you can begin to notice and you can begin to make then conscious changes and choices. Right. And it'll show up differently, um, which then might even shift into somewhere along the spectrum t- towards that more abundant so it's it's even just again accepting mm-hmm. not judging yourself yeah this is this one. was the biggest thing for me is recognizing when will you actually have compassion for yourself Ugh. when will you let yourself off the hook and not assume somehow that because you read all this stuff and you know all this stuff and you teach all this stuff and you support all this stuff that apparently you should just be you know, a walking embodiment of this stuff. It's such a powerful word, compassion. Um, And it's, if we could bring more of it into our lives, I'm with you. I mean, we need, we need more self-compassion collected, like everybody. um, And that would help us be more compassionate to each other. Without question. Yeah. Without question. You know, I mean, we're both moms. Um, one of the things that I struggle to see is when my child doesn't appear to be compassionate towards himself. Yes. And, and then I can recognize, but he's a reflection of me too. And I often am not that compassionate towards myself. I say, Oh, you stupid idiot. Why'd you do that? Yeah. would you talk to your kid that way? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I don't. Yeah. But um, so, so you know, to your point, like even if we just 
collectively focused on increasing self-compassion and self-valuation. Everyone would interact with each other in a different way that would then have that. We'd be able to show up differently. We, we would show up the differently show, and it would show up, up at, at work just yep. like we would everywhere else in our lives. You know? you know, one of my colleagues sent an email last week and she used the word compassion and, you know, we've had some changes going on and just the way she worded the email around, you know, a lot of change going on here. And, and um, my hope is we can have compassion for each other as we go through it. And it was so beautiful and it really struck me and it caused me to reflect and realize the compassion I wasn't having for myself, but yeah. also I had gotten wrapped up in getting stuff done yeah. and I had lost my um, ability to have compassion for others around. Yeah. So it was a, uh, it's a powerful word. Yeah. And it's, and it, those are the kind of touchy feely words that still make people uncomfortable. And, and, and again, it, it's just takes time to yeah. begin to, you know, infuse them into different conversations or to actually use it in an email. Um, certainly for leaders to begin to role model where they're like, man, I need to let myself off the hook. I was kind of yeah. getting hard on myself and I'll probably take it out on you too, if I'm feeling that way. Yeah. Um, I think the more that we in- infuse those kinds of words, and again, we go where it's not that or strength, it's both. Right. That you know, we start to move the needle on this stuff. It's really, it's, it's about emotional literacy yeah. and back to being human. Yeah. We've got emotions, that good old amygdala of ours. Um, remember we used to joke about yeah. that for a while, the amygdala hijack. We nicknamed her Amy. We did. <laughs> um, or Nancy. Or but we, <laughs> some funny name. Um, but yeah, allowing ourselves to be human, allowing ourselves to have those emotions and to gain that emotional literacy to call it out. That's, that's the future of work folks. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, you know, I'm sensing that, uh, you want me out of your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You would let me stay a little bit longer, but I, no, I not do really think... actually, <laughs> you are about five minutes over overdue um bouncers yeah <laughs> uh thank you for coming on yeah. um i think Glad uh, we finally got this done let's do it again i know well i think there's more we could we could talk yeah. about and um encourage encourage others to um to reach out like you did and and i'm going to be interesting interested to hear people's response to this because mm-hmm. i haven't done a podcast like this where we just kind of chat over coffee about this type of thing. Mind you, I haven't done any podcasts with somebody that I know as well as you, or that knows me as well as you do. So it was fun. Yeah. Cool. Thank Thank you you. so much. It was great. Thanks uh, to everyone else. um, Everyone else, everyone else out here, because you're all in the kitchen with us. Our our spiritual peers. I don't even know how to close off this recording because it's just so different. So we'll just say, see ya. You can thank my puppy. She's been good. She's been so quiet during our podcast. Thanks, Cassie. All right. Bye, everyone. Interested in hearing more about PWE? Well, I'd welcome you to buy my book, Rules of Engagement, Building a Workplace Culture to Thrive in an Uncertain World. I share stories, personal and professional, 
about different elements of PWE. And it's available on Amazon or on Indigo. Thanks to all of you out there. This is why we do this. This is why we have this conversation. We look forward to being with you again on our next PWE and Me podcast. Now, the best way you can hear us is to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. And if you don't like either one of those two, you can always go to my website at carolynsuora.com.